It's Thursday, April 9th, and today I sit down with Tommy and Sam Marshall, and we discuss the SharePoint Internet in a Box changes that have been re happening recently in Office 365 and sort of what our expectations are for the year. I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome. We're, we have our annual meeting with Sam Marshall. Sam, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you, Danny. How are you guys? Hanging in there, hanging in there. <laughs> I think the, the whole world is hanging in there right now, right? <laughs> yeah, holding your breath quite appropriately. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And uh, I've got Tommy here with me as well. So our, our, our yearly get together to, to take a check across the pond and see how things are going. And I just love staying in touch with you. Love all the work that you're doing at Clearbox and just uh, I just think it's great just to, to stay in touch and, and learn sort of what the trends are recently because um, mm. you do such a great job with your report um, with the SharePoint intranets in a box report and it's you're you're gonna go it was you no know, it's it's wonderful <laughs> <laughs> I'm British um, we don't say things like that we say oh it's fine we're, we're yeah it, it's not gratuitous. bad if you're really keen you say it's not bad <laughs> but oh it's thank you thank bad. you for that and it's uh, <laughs> it's lovely to talk to you guys I think it, it's yes. really nice to feel part of this community and uh, yeah. you know yeah. stay connected across with the US as well absolutely absolutely so I'm going to, since my internet's going in and out here, I'm going to hand it over to Tommy and, and mute myself and uh, just want to do a, a catch up for this year, really sort of interested in hearing what trends are coming out. And then I also, I'd love to hear about what, what is the, the latest version of the report and just sort of catch us up on things like that. And uh, that'd just be wonderful to hear from you. I think I'll, I'll kick it off here with a, a question and Tommy, if you want to, we can just take it from there. One of the things I find is uh, every year we talk about, which is um, sort of how um, in the market, what are we seeing with people uh, using native SharePoint and especially with the new modern experience. And I think you do a great job at the beginning of the report, sort of like going through the process of thinking through uh, which is right for your organization. And um, I mean, we've, I think one of the trends that I've been seeing with working with a lot of customers has been the um, them wanting to go native is it's them really taking a very close look at that. And especially for, I mean, we're working with um, communities that are in the, um, or companies that are in the you know tens of thousands to hundreds of thousands of users um, and really sort of seeing them as uh, we can barely keep our arms around what's going on at Microsoft and the stuff that's coming that they're really trying to focus in on the native experience. I was just wondering if you're seeing the same thing as well. Yeah, for sure. I think that that's quite a strong sentiment this year. Microsoft has been advancing at such a super fast pace. And I'm interested to see how keen Microsoft are to, to still kind of take on board feedback and keep moving the, the product forward in a way that I don't think was true even like two or three years ago. So now they're saying, yeah, we're getting this feedback, for example, about everybody wants hubs of hubs. So they said that, you know, they're working on that kind of thing. So you can have nested mm -hmm. hubs. So uh, that's very encouraging. And I think the implication that has been that companies have said, well, even if we can't do it with standard SharePoint, we have faith that that will come eventually. So we're more willing to do without, um, which is for sure, you know, in the, the report that we do looking at SharePoint Internet in a box, 
add-on products is creating a uh, an interesting time for for the many vendors that we've been looking at over the years. Yeah. I do think actually um, th there's going to be a bit of a um, a switch back next year with companies that try and do it natively and hit the bumpers and step back and say, well, is this the right strategy? I think it's absolutely right to experiment with it. But you might get so far and say, although we could do this with a little bit of custom code, it then becomes a little bit more custom code. And before you know it, you're back to where you were five years ago. Look, we built our own product and now we've got to maintain this thing. And every release that Microsoft puts out is at risk of breaking our stuff and we're back to being like in-house software developers, which as a company we never wanted to be. Yep, I hear you, I hear you. Yeah, I think it's that balance. It's it's uh, interesting to see, yeah, and there might be the, the pendulum might swing back and forth with folks, um, uh, you know, through the years and, and seeing what, what they want to do. I think it's, it's just good for us. I think uh, we're still doing lots of, um, what we're calling transformations in, in essence is just mm. a, a migration from different cloud products over to Office 365, where we've still been doing a lot of the Jive migrations. It's, and in fact, um, since all this uh, stuff has been happening in the world, we've been, a lot of people are reaching out to us. They're like finally saying like, we need to do this. We're, we're many companies we've been talking to like five plus years and every year they sort of look at it. Now all of a sudden they're like, let's do this now. Wow. Um, so it's, do you think Jive is going to be like Lotus Notes that uh, every time you think it's dead and you you find a new nest of Lotus Notes yeah. and they all spawn out <laughs> you? Right, let's dump it down again and replace it with Sherpa. There is a and there is a bit of like when we meet up with them, it's it's a, it's a little bit like group therapy where they come in and they're like, okay, <laughs> how, how long have you been hating Jive? Like. Is it, has it ruined your marriage yet? Uh, you know, it's just a little bit. And there, there's some vitriol that people come into the conversations with where they're just, they're upset and they, um, you know, it's it's been a really bad experience for many years. And and uh, it's almost like this abuse thing. Like, are you, you guys really want another year of this? Are you sure you want this? You know, are you ready to go make the move? Um, so that's that's been interesting to, to, to see. And um, I think that the, as the often we often want to bring up the uh, conversation about the experience that they have in Jive now and what the experience is going to be as they move over to um, Office 365 and Microsoft 365 and what what do what do you, we don't we want that to be a positive change change we don't want this to be all of a sudden you know Jive does certain things very well and then once you make the move um, you know we want this to continue to be well adopted and something that they love to use. Um, and, and it's, as you know, with, with, uh, with Office 365, it's a, you, you do, there are some things that you need to do to improve the experience. So that's one of the things that we've been focusing on. So, yeah. Yeah. So, but. and I still think that the, the social element of Office 365 mm -hmm. is quite fragmented and relatively immature. And I can imagine that a lot of companies that were early adopters of Jive and really believe that social internet story um, mm -hmm. will, will miss that because they probably have built up some very active communities. And when you move them over into Yammer or Teams, yeah. you know, you have a dilemma there in itself. Um, yes, you you're going to miss some of the richness of the experience. Yep. 
some of the more recent opportunities that we've been seeing there since they, you know, it's been many years since it seems like Microsoft has really invested in Yammer and they've recently started doing some new things with it. So we've, there's, with the last couple, the set of opportunities that we're seeing, there seems to be a little bit more interest in, in that, um, which is good to see, but we, we continue to have the problem, which everybody has, which is um, moving content into Yammer. They're just, they're, they're, it's, it's difficult for us to do. Um, and so you end up coming up with some, you know, alternate solutions. And then the, the, the conversations, what's been, we've been doing this thing called uh, content rationalization, which is like, what's the value of the content that you have in this other system? And, you know, and rationalizing, investing the money to, to move it from one place over to the next place. And um, what do you lose? Because there's a lot of companies that might just, uh, there's different strategies that you can take. Some people just are like, tell your end users, we're going to be off on this date. And you have to get all your stuff off by then to trying to move everything over, which we don't recommend to taking a sort of a hybrid approach, which is, hey, this is a good time to clean up the closet and mm -hmm. then make the move. <clears throat> so we've been having lots of those types of conversations with people as well. So. Tommy, so, I, I've been I talking too much. That, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> well, no, uh, it's a really interesting point, isn't it, about what what are your social communities? Because the, there's an argument that goes, well, the the conversations, that the actual social stuff should be transitory. And even yes. to the extent that someone says, well, someone asked a question last year and they got some loads of answers, but are we sure that they'd still get the same answers this year or maybe the advice that people would give us moved on? So it's maybe dangerous even to archive it because the answer that we've given us of the moment. And I always think if you've got a really good community, it should be producing resources outside of the conversations in the same way that if you've got a problem with your PC and you search the web and you, you get to one of these uh, end user help sites where there's 300 answers and someone finally says, yeah, answer 297 was the right one, we'll pin it to the top. You don't need all the other stuff. What you would really like is a document that extracts the an answer and puts into something which is the reference that says this is the recommended answer. And that, that's probably the only bit you need. Yep. Yeah, it's interesting you say that, Sam. We recently uh, presented on the, the PNP um, uh, monthly call or weekly call um, where we did a Q&A web part for one of our customers because they were looking at the Q&A in Jive that that is the one thing they couldn't leave behind. And so we created that Q&A web part and open sourced it um, because it was right. the only reason for them to go to Yammer. And they said, we don't wanna launch another platform just for that question and answer. Um, so that's something that I think it would be great if it got brought in as a, a capability in SharePoint. And we and we know SharePoint has just been terrible about discussions and rich discussion content and making that um, modern. Um, there is no answer, you know, no clear cut answer for that. And um, so it's it's interesting with the community is saying these things are missing. You start seeing that come up as PNP, and then ideally they take that and productize it into um, platform. So 
people um, are not stuck with, well, I don't have a rich discussion capability. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that uh, I still notice in the SharePoint Internet in a Box um, products is that they are filling in a lot of the gaps. And Microsoft is really good at doing the kind of requirements checklist from a sales point of view and saying, yeah, don't worry, if you get Office 365, you, you've got publishing, you've got news, you've got discussions, you've got video, which is all true, but it's not as if it was all designed as one integrated product. For example, if you comment on stream, that comment doesn't live anywhere outside of stream. It's not like I can then go to, to Danny's profile and see that he's commented on stream and also responded to a, an executive blog post and, and see that activity. Uh, and sometimes I think that Microsoft is more interested in that checklist than in doing a lot of the groundwork to, to make some of these feature sets complete. And that, that's where the inner box products still come into my mind. That, um, that um, it is almost like what you're buying into is the vendors have anticipated some of the, the gaps and the awkward bits that are not immediately apparent, but what you would start to see maybe six months into an implementation of trying to do things just with standard SharePoint. It's, yeah, it's so interesting it's, you made the, uh, the comment around social um, where that still seems to be one of the gaps and one of the kind of little nooks that people can come in and say, well, you still don't have a, a good comprehensive social experience. And Danny and I were just looking at Teams the other day. We were so excited to see tags come in. And I don't know if you've played with the tags that are in Teams, but it's it's really like a distribution list. It's yes, not, isn't it? It's, yeah. It's not so, a, so you can target your uh, alerts to people. Yeah, but it's not yeah. tags like you get in Slack, if we could mention Slack. Yeah, yeah it's like a Slack. <laughs> or indeed in Yammer. You know, Yammer has quite nice yeah. hashtags now, and you can follow yeah. a hashtag as a topic yep. interest. Yep. Right. Yeah. And so that common, you know, concept of a tag that it's there in Yammer, but it's not in Teams, it's not in SharePoint, having that holistic experience that you've got cross-cutting, you know, standard concepts that can be surfaced across the platform. Um, and, and that, I think, creates that, that opportunity where you still see third party and said, well, we can kind of glue it together for you. We can have these concepts to be similar across your user experience. Um, what, what, have, what have you seen with, with teams in terms of how has that changed the landscape for uh, the internet in the box type companies? Because teams really seems to be something that has got quite a bit of traction and uh, I think a lot of success with, uh, you know, conversations around content that is for us, it's, it's increased our productivity quite a bit to be able yeah. to have that context of a conversation that lives with the document. Um, and so when, you know, our Internet in the boxes, I'm seeing some of them, they're they're putting a lot of emphasis on how they you know, cooperate and, and enhance the Teams experience. Yeah, so, I mean, Teams is getting 90% of the love at the moment. And, yeah. it's, you know, even in through March, it's, I think it's more than doubled its daily user base 
just in one month because of the, the sudden interest in, in working at a distance, which I think is great. And I hope that people learn good habits from it and take them forward. For the inner box vendors, um, they're seeing opportunities there because Teams is a relatively new product. And uh, there's kind of three trends. So one is how do you take an intranet and put it into Teams? Because the appeal is that you've got the Teams application up on the desktop. So wouldn't it be great mm -hmm. if on the left-hand rail you saw an icon for your company intranet and then you could see, for example, news which is published in a, a, a more visually appealing way than just doing an announcement as a post within a normal Teams stream. Right. The other one is how do we take Teams and put that into your intranet? Because the other big challenge with Teams is that the navigation is really pretty lean. So yeah, you've got your long list of Teams that you're part of, but if you want to go to an application or indeed if you uh, only part-time go to a team because you're perhaps a stakeholder in it and once a month you want to be part of a steering group but you really don't want to fill up your left-hand list the discovery part of teams is pretty hard mm -hmm. and then the third one is more around the governance of teams so we've we've all got the gray hairs from sharepoint sprawl and team sites and terrible naming conventions and terrible security so we know what good information hygiene looks like Teams has kind of gone back to that free-for-all of you click a button and suddenly you've got a, a whole set of features deployed because it's you got the group, you got the SharePoint team site, you got the Teams interface, <laughs> you got our mailbox that nobody really knows about. Yeah. It's almost, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's almost like they mean to do this, Sam. It's almost like they mean to do this. Surely not. It's just like a, it's like that brilliant scientist that creates a monster inadvertently whilst uh, yes. trying to invent um, a carrot that will feed the world. Uh, nice look, it, but the, the governance side, um, a lot of companies, although they want some interaction, they don't want to let that whole genie out of the bottle. So things like a naming convention or just saying, you created a team called Phoenix Project, but did you know there's already five teams called Project Phoenix 1 to Project Phoenix 5? Are you sure you want to do this? And that, I think, is a great contribution to um, to getting your arms around not just the team development, but thinking again about the whole digital workplace experience that you create within Teams. So that's all good. Um, so far, I haven't seen any fantastic examples of bringing an internet into Teams. It feels a little bit like you're just using Teams as a web browser on an internet, which is still pretty much a standard web-based paradigm. Uh, my dream is that one day we'll have more or less the ability to put web parts into a team space and kind of mix up a little bit more the, the conversation element and the um, curated publishing element. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, I don't develop software, so I can dream, dream big and have no comeback. What's, what's I find kind of interesting and sort of back to... Um, one of the benefits should be that if you're using you know, sort of Microsoft and, and their product suite is should be the integration between you were mentioning this earlier before should be that you're you're that there is integration between the different services it provides. It mm -hmm. just seems strange where like you're you um, it seems like the real opportunity for Microsoft is the integration between all these different products, yet they still feel like they're sort of one each each group is developing their own thing and that's a challenge because they're a large organization they do have their own development groups they're sort of their own thing that they're trying to do and i do think microsoft is getting better at it but i think that's the that is probably one of the things that um 
internally, you know, like, um, is their challenge is to get this whole thing is to get the different service you were mentioning like earlier about stream. And if I leave a comment, then it's nowhere else. It's not visible anywhere else. That's the challenge to Microsoft is to is to is the integrated experience, which should be the reason why it's typically the reason why you go with a one vendor solution is that it, it's integrated. That's typically why you do it. It's not that it's not, you know, it's yeah. not the case right now with Microsoft. But it's like that's their that could be their advantage, and right now it's not it's not as we know. Once you you see the features, but then once you dig into it, you see that they're missing something with the integration piece. So I I agree. Um, if you major on innovation, then the integration has to come later because if every yeah. time you try and move forward, you've got to align with five other things, and yeah. you're going to get more turgid. Sure. And, and I think we should acknowledge that Microsoft do a fantastic job in integrating what they do with the <coughs> things like Word and Excel and PowerPoint. I'm really impressed sometimes when they announce a feature and they say, and now we can also do this within like um, the web version of PowerPoint. Yeah. So yep. the, some of the things are, are so much better than they were three or four years ago, but we're so swamped with announcements. I lose track sometimes of, <laughs> gosh, you know, is that only come in in the last three weeks because it feels like I've been using it for ages already. Mm -hmm. so, um, yeah, th there's some very good stuff on the, the personal productivity and the, uh, the and this, I've probably mentioned this in past years. The reason why people, you know, we were talking about Jive earlier, the reason why people originally went with Jive was because they outpaced Microsoft with the three year product cycles. Now the reverse is the case. Now Microsoft is uh, Jive's not putting any updates out, and they're outpacing <laughs> them. So the original people, the original intent, which was to stay innovative, has now switched. I mean, so it's it's just been it's fascinating to see how that happened over a course of time, and 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 a lot of our customers, I think, right now, instead of them just saying the cost, uh, you know, I don't need to pay for two things that do essentially the same thing, or they look like they do the same thing. Now it's an innovation problem. Now it's a, it's, yeah, there are things that we don't have um, that we want and uh, stopping us from innovating. So it's interesting to see that come along too. I mean, my biggest fear with teams is that because people see it as the, the place to be, they're starting to stuff in everything they can think of. Yeah. And a yeah. lot of people say, well, should it be your digital workplace launch pad? Should you? do your expenses through it should it be the place where you see all your calendars and so on and the risk is that it loses some of its current appeal which is that it's relatively simple yeah so the affordance of what do i go to teams for is well i collaborate with my team i have conversations i can have video i can see documents mm -hmm. and the more you load extra stuff into it actually the less clear it becomes to your average user about what teams is for and why i'm meant to be in there or indeed, it's uh, learnability becomes harder as well. So I think it will be good actually if Microsoft pulled back a little bit at some point and didn't try and make um, teams a route into to all things. There was an interesting study from Swoop Analytics because they do like a, an analytics plugin for teams, and 70% of all the traffic was chat. You know, ad hoc chat groups, which surprised me because I do everything in channels. To me, that makes sense as like structured collaboration, but most organizations have deployed teams and said, here's WhatsApp for the enterprise. Off you go. <laughs> They're probably just sharing puppy pictures and, and really ignoring a lot of that functionality, which I think is a, a really missed opportunity if that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. 
I have to ask this question every year since Microsoft, like this past year, bought Mover, they bought a, a migration tool. So that yeah. was a, a product that was out there. Any any thoughts? On, and you 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 can always um, plead. <laughs> any thoughts on whether Microsoft's going to buy one of these and then the rest of them go away, or uh, you can say no, no thoughts. But I just I'm I'm fascinated. Uh, well, I'm sort of interested to see whether that's going to happen. Are they going to buy a migration tool? You're asking? No, one of these SharePoint intranets in a box, sort of like is. Oh, okay. Think them, yeah. No, I think you if they're going to so. do it, they would have done it two years ago. The, they would have done it. Okay. They're, they're just um, going their own route. And I can see them buying like a, a team's governance tool and working some of that in. I'd love it if they bought an analytics tool that was better yeah. than the Office 365 analytics. It basically says, look at how many licenses you've got and look who's using their licenses and buy more licenses. But it doesn't really <laughs> give you any insights into how you might want to change your um, engagement um, tactics as a communicator, for example. Right. Yeah, I think the, the inner box market, it's it's going to become more specialist. Um, and it's great that people have different ways of solving the problems they have that aren't solved by native SharePoint. But uh, I think we've hit peak, peak inner box diversity at the moment. And we're yeah. seeing, for example, some companies consolidating. So uh, when we first did the report back in 2016, Hadron was one of the original products. Uh, I think they even claimed to be one of the first internet in the box products. And they've now become uh, wisdom partners. So even though they've had to rethink about the market potential now, they were never a massive player. But uh, in the US, Catapult, for example, have become Valo partners. And they, I think, um, did have infused quite a nice product, but they've, they've moved into, um, if you can't beat them, join them tactic. Mm-hmm. Any of these are? Do you think any of these companies are going to, to verticalize, like try to come up with instead of having trying to go into certain industries? Have you seen any of that at all? There's already uh, a few of those. So, um, yeah. like Hadron specializes in medical and in our national health service. They they really understand that business. There's a couple that are really majoring on the law side of things because like yeah. the, the e-discovery angle isn't something that most of the standard in a box products would cover and probably yes that that is a good strategy because if you really know an industry you'll say there's a dozen things that microsoft just doesn't seem to understand about this industry that we do so let's yeah. focus on developing tools for them yep yep that makes sense so sam how does the the shape of your report changing um for this year what, what do you see that's becoming different and things that you want to highlight that you think are relevant to the market of internet mobiles? Yes. So since we last spoke, the exciting change for us is that we've moved to a quarterly update model. Mm-hmm. So we found with an annual update uh, that just been so many of the changes happened, not just to the products, but also to SharePoint itself. So now we do a quarterly update. We just released version 5.1 last month. We're heavily into version 5.2. And it means that whenever a product has a major update, we'll review it then rather than making them sit six months or so before we come back to them. Um, so that, that, that's one thing that we're changing. Um, I'm sure the scenarios will evolve to, to focus more on like the, the team's angle and the team's integration. And what I also think is a very interesting move by, for example, BZ and Akimina um, is integration with non-Office 365 services. 
to really trying to create an employee experience where you don't care what's happening behind the scenes in terms of booking your travel or updating your HR profile because they are acting as effective middleware. Yeah. But we've got two other products in the in the pipeline as well. So uh, we're, we're going wider. We see loads of exciting changes in what we're calling the employee app space. So like um, Social Chorus, Dynamic Signal, Staff Base that started off as mobile, were first line worker oriented tools. So we're mm -hmm. going to be doing a similar report around that. And for years, people have said, well, if we're not in the Microsoft world, what are our alternatives? So the independent internet space, we'll be doing another report around for example, Igloo, Interact, Lumaps, and all the other great products that deserve some limelight too. Good for you. That's great. Yeah. One that's of the things that, um, one of the narratives that's happening is to say, well, if SharePoint is becoming more like the, the reference content repository, but we don't consume it from within a SharePoint interface, we consume it within Teams, then do we actually have to use, for example, hub sites or communication sites to, to access the news and stuff. Or maybe we can have a, a standalone application that pulls the news from SharePoint and understands the document in Office 365, but then has its own presentation layer, which maybe gives us more flexibility around the look and feel and the branding and, and more integration options than we've had before. Excellent. We'll wrap it up. Any other extra, any thoughts to wrap this conversation up at all? or? So, you know, we're, we're in changing times. There's this massive uptick in Teams adoption. And I guess if you're listening to this, just really think about the, the mid to long term as well. And one of the things that I'm really kind of pushing this year to talk about digital literacy for your employees. It's not just about giving them Teams. Think about how you get them doing more than it being a corporate WhatsApp and understanding, for example, mute and notifications and how it can actually enhance the life rather than just be one more thing to look at. That's great. That's great. Well, we'll see you in a year. <laughs> Maybe It'd be my pleasure. <laughs> I, I love, love, thank you so much for meeting up. And uh, and yeah, if you're ever here, here in the States or if we're over there, I'd love to meet up in person. It would be good. But uh, that won't be happening. That'd be great. <laughs> I was going to say, not, but <laughs> if ever that invitation started left like <laughs> And when we do, I'll buy you a beer. Yeah. yeah I'll buy you. <laughs> hey, but it sounds like you guys are doing great work. It sounds like you've been really successful. Thanks. So that's fantastic Thanks. to hear. Keep yes. it up. And yes. one day. Thanks. Yep. Thank you so much. And thanks for staying in touch. Thanks, everybody, for listening and have a wonderful day. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to the Work Together Better podcast. We're available on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you're looking for a partner to help you craft a modern digital workplace on the Microsoft Cloud, please come by and see us at 3will.com. That's the number three spelled out, W-I-L-L.com. Thank you and have a great day.